Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in collaboration with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. Here's Marissa Laycock. We step out of the shuttle bus and there before us in the distance is the magnificent Waddesdon Manor, an extravagant French Renaissance chateau built on a huge scale complete with round towers, columns, turrets and pinnacles. Ferdinand de Rothschild purchased Waddesdon Manor farming estate in 1874 from the Duke of Marlborough. It is still fully furnished and Ferdinand spent over 20 years maintaining and embellishing it with objets d'art. Today it houses one of the finest private art and furniture collections in England. We step past the arched threshold and past the hallways on either side of the entrance vestibule. Before us is a sumptuous dining room where we begin our tour. Inspired by Louis XIV's state apartments in Versailles, this experience can only be described as an assault on the senses. Sparkling crystal chandeliers hang from the ceilings and each wall is rich with gilded mirrors, Dutch paintings and Beauvais tapestries. The dim lighting adds to the effect and is apparently important in preserving the collection. I find myself needing to stand still on the Savonnerie carpet and simply pause to take in its aesthetic richness. As we leave this room, we are greeted by a white marble statue of Orpheus playing the lute, then step through the conservatory into the Baron's room. Panelled wall to wall, it is furnished to 18th century Parisian taste. The central chandelier steals the show and its diameter is as wide as the table. The furniture and porcelain is an eclectic mix and I spot some classical mythological statues beside Ferdinand's favourite armchair. The guide shows me a grand ornately decorated roll-top desk with gold classical statues as its legs. Made in the 1770s, the guide explains that this is one of Waddesdon's manor's greatest treasures, upon which the writer Beaumarchais wrote The Marriage of Figaro and The Barber of Seville. The marquetry on the desk panels is painstakingly detailed in imagery. We turn into the grey drawing room, a typical 18th century boudoir where guests would relax, play cards or listen to music. A Reynolds portrait of the Duchess of Cumberland catches my eye. She has a certain beauty and Horatio Walpole once described her eyes as enchanting. I spot three vases beneath the painting and step closer. The guide notices my eye for detail as I marvel at the pink vases trimmed in gold and decorated with miniature scenes. He tells me about the technical challenges in combining the rose pompadour colour with the gold paint. Every single wall and piece of furniture is richly decorated and packed with visual imagery, colour, textures and lines. I am immersed in an environment of dense aesthetics and artifice. I try to see past the roped barriers and visitors filing through each room and get a sense of how it must have felt to live in such opulent surroundings. I climb the spiral staircase, treading the soft red carpet under my feet as I look out through the tall windows onto the huge lawns and rolling countryside. We take the stairs to the first floor bedrooms. 
The dark wooden panelling, arrangement of furniture and embroidered textiles give a sense of luxury and comfort. Throughout the house there are many intricately designed clocks, from tall pedestal Rococo style to the dainty clock with gilt bronze branches and porcelain flowers that I'm now admiring in the state bedroom. The green boudoir has a certain charm and feels private, intimate. Louis XV's chests of drawers and console tables are adorned with vases in bold blues and trimmed in gilded patterns. The first floor is partly dedicated to the Rothschild collection on display, ranging from 18th century antiquarian books and illustrated prints and albums filled with textiles. A chunky gold necklace embellished with baguette-cut emeralds and diamonds is lit in a glass cabinet. I smile and stare as it sparkles and shimmers in all of its beauty. Although restoration, conservation and exhibitions are going on, Waddesdon Manor doesn't feel like a storehouse for relics, but a vibrant living place packed with enthusiastic visitors from all over the world. As I walk back downstairs, tapestries and grand oil paintings of Venice cover entire walls, and there is never a moment when we are not spoilt with some artwork or design. A small crowd has gathered around an extraordinary piece of decorative clockwork in the form of a musical elephant automaton. It dates from 1774, was made in London by a French clockmaker and plays four tunes. Its eyes roll, ears flap, trunk lifts and scenes with gilded figures and flowers encrusted with diamonds revolve at its glittering base. Such abundant detailing and workmanship leaves us all mesmerised. I sigh with relief as I step out onto the gravel path, take in the fresh air and look out at the simplicity of the English landscape. I feel small and slight as I walk along the path surrounded by spacious lawns on either side. The vast garden is outstretched before us and we escape into the warmth of a summer's day. We wander past the manicured parterre and such beautiful planting with stunning bold colour schemes. The tranquillity of the gardens is a comfort. I pause to smell the fresh greenery, the hedges hide the manor, and for a moment I could be lost in any French or Italian garden. I hear a cascading fountain in the distance, look up at the statue of a beautiful female Roman citizen, and pass by various mythological sculptures. We turn a corner and arrive at an ornate aviary inspired by 18th century pavilions and to this day filled with exotic birds. We discover that this was an adored place of Ferdinand de Rothschild. The shrubbery is dense and we manage to get a glimpse of red-tipped feathers and can hear all sorts of cawing and birdsong. We say goodbye to Waddesdon for now but hope to return later in the year as I hear that the manor is full of festive sparkle and is beautifully illuminated during the dark winter months. Small City Life is a series of podcasts produced in association with the St Albans and Harpenden Review. To find more of our podcasts, go to radioverulam.com and if you'd like to support our podcasts, please go to radioverulam.com slash donate. Thank you.